We're excited to tell you about Pine Tree Garden Seeds, a women-run, family-owned and operated business since 1979, founded with the simple mission of offering low prices on quality seeds to the home gardener. Over the years, offerings have expanded to include over 1,300 varieties of seeds, including many heirlooms and organics, a huge assortment of tools and gardening gear, and lots of new gardening books. They also offer roots, plant starts, and tubers, berry bushes, asparagus roots, onion sets, hops, fig trees, sweet potatoes, dahlias, peonies, lilies, and a whole new selection of fall flower bulbs. Located in Maine, they operate out of a 300-year-old farmhouse and strive to offer the best service and products with a personal touch. They continue to hand pack more than half of their seeds and rely on their Ballard machine from the 1890s to do the rest. So order your seeds today from superseeds.com and use the promo code GOODDIRT2024 for 20% off your entire order. That's superseeds, S-U-P-E-R-S-E-E-D-S.com with our code GOODDIRT2024. Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. The clothes that mean so much to me and that I love wearing every day are the ones that have that good dirt. It's the stories behind our clothes. It's the memories. That's what make them so beautiful. And yes, they're not brand new and shiny and clean, but just those memories and the shared memories make them so awesome. You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma Kingsley, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. You were just telling me about a hot chocolate recipe that you had made, and it sounded really good. And I was wondering if you wanted to just repeat that really quickly for anyone listening. Okay. So it's actually another version of this real food hot chocolate that I've been making for a few years now and that I recently shared in a Slow Living Through the Seasons episode. This one, I actually ordered some dehydrated versions of the grass-fed butter and the MCT oil so that I could make a mix so that you didn't have to, you know, heat the milk and get out the butter and all that stuff. So as I ordered those ingredients, the grass-fed butter, the MCT oil, I have the cocoa, I have the powdered stevia, and I went and found some dehydrated milk, some real high quality organic. So whenever I want hot chocolate now, just heat up the water and put couple of scoops of this stuff in there, stir it up and I have hot chocolate in it. You know, you're not messing with, you know, heating the 
the milk and all that. And I have enjoyed that so much. And it's it's got no sugar in it, but it's sweet because of a little bit of dried stevia. Yeah. And if you have good quality cocoa, you almost don't need a lot of sugar. You need a little bit, but. It, yeah, a little bit. But it's so delicious and you can you can like play around with the proportions so you can make it really, really dark chocolatey if you want. I have some really good organic fermented cocoa powder that I ordered. You can find these things online. Yeah, we'll have to link to all the different stuff that you buy too. Yeah. And I was I was telling you earlier before we got on here that I think all these good fats are really helping me sleep this winter. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. This is not scientific. I'm just guessing. I'm just knowing that I feel like I'm sleeping really well and I've been I've been enjoying this beverage. Sounds so good. I really want some. Yeah, throughout this really, really cold spell we've been having, I've just really enjoyed it. And you know, everybody loves hot chocolate, but I don't like drinking all that sugar of the you know, the typical mixes. Yeah, and I have a really hard time drinking Cam just likes to make he really likes hot chocolate just with water, just the Swiss Miss just with water, which sometimes that's the right thing at the right time. But I really have a hard time drinking the hot chocolate with just water. It's so watery. So in general, I kind of have to have it with milk anyways. And even then it's very, very sweet. So I love that this takes care of, as you said, heating up milk is a little inconvenient. So it's nice to have like the dehydrated milk and then maybe add a little bit of milk just to be, make it a little creamier, but mm. Now I want some. Yeah. I do have a little, one of these little machines that you put a little bit of milk in and it, it, it whips it up and heats it up. It's not a whole cup or anything. It's just like maybe a few tablespoons and I'll, I'll top it off with that just for that extra creaminess. But anyway, it's been a delightful boost during this super cold weather during which you have been in a cold house. You didn't have any heat for a while. Two weeks. Luckily it's over. The heat is fixed, but wow. Oh my gosh. Nothing to make you appreciate modern amenities and such. We were okay because we had space heaters and we have a working fireplace, but it's the kind of thing where you're really okay only if you're just like right in front of one of those things. So it's hard to like move around, do much of anything. So yeah, I'm definitely excited to clean the whole house now. It's just been very stagnant for two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, because you can't move around and do like little tasks because you're cold. Right. (laughs) And like the only place to go is like to bed. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And a lot of time in bed with the space heater. Yes. Well, not in bed with the space heater. No, the space heater outside (laughs) the bed. That would not be good. No. But here we are and there's a lot of really beautiful snow on the ground. So if you're anywhere in the U.S. that had snow this week, many of us don't get snow too often, especially to this degree. So it's kind of fun. I hope you've also been able to be warm and safe. These temperatures are pretty crazy, but maybe you can just make some of this hot chocolate and happy new year. There's been a a few episodes since the start of the new year, but you and I have really, we're just now kind of getting things together for 2024. We have lots of really exciting, fun things coming up that we're working on. I feel very creatively inspired and excited about things that we have going on that we're not quite ready to talk about yet, but yeah, we have some changes coming up. So stay tuned. Yeah, we will be talking about them soon. In the meantime, very excited to share this conversation with Tanya Dastiar and Carly Lake from Lucky Sweater. If you are a slow fashion enthusiast, if you know good quality and you like following fashionable people, 
on Instagram that like to make their own clothes or do their own naturally dye stuff or they just have impeccable style and they shop at all these really amazing brands that you're also like, wow, I wish I could afford then. You're just like me. Slow fashion can be really expensive and we love to support small independent brands, but it's hard out there, especially because they're so awesome and cute and coveted pieces of clothing and they don't make a lot of them. I'm talking about like Briar Clogs and Rudy Jude Utility Pants and all of these pieces that if you follow any of these people, you know what I'm talking about. Even if you don't, like my mom doesn't know really what I'm talking about. You can appreciate it. If you haven't heard of it, Lucky Sweater has a product, which is an app, and they describe it as a community clothing swap in your pocket. It's the ultimate slow fashion, handmade, and vintage community trading space. So they're all about trading. They believe in more sharing and less buying, more hanging out and less feeling alone. And all of these values that Lucky Sweater's co-founders built around their partnership. So yeah. Yeah, Carly and Tanya, they both really care about community and sustainability. They care about building a great product, building a great company, and making a positive impact on the process. They want to help you say goodbye to buying new and hello to community-powered trading for pieces you'll love. This was such a fun conversation. It ended up feeling a lot more like reconnecting with old friends rather than doing an interview. So. There's a lot of fun in here, and we talked not only about the joys of sharing over buying and how the app works, of course, but how they combined their past experiences and strengths to create a thriving business partnership and the challenges of launching and sustaining a business that actually discourages buying, navigating social media and consumerism, and how moving to different cities has informed their sense of community. So we hope you'll stick around for this really fun conversation with these two creative and inspiring young women who are doing their part in shifting the paradigm. So here's Carly Lake and Tanya Dostiar, co-founders of Lucky Sweater. And don't forget to follow me on Lucky Sweater. It's in the show notes. founder of Lucky Sweater. Lucky Sweater, we call it like a community first curated clothing swap in your pocket. Our goal is really to help people connect with like-minded folks who love the things they love. So we have communities for people who love slow fashion, brands that care about the environment, more timeless than trendy, care about workers' rights, people who swap connect and share inspiration around those brands. We have a community for makers so sewists, crocheters, knitters, metalsmiths, and they connect around those passions and they trade both their finished work in progress and craft supplies. Because we all know, I know you all sew, there's fabrics we haven't touched in years, so you can bring life back to those. And then a few weeks ago, we just launched our vintage community, which we're so excited about. Three communities, it's just like really community first, secondhand, sharing this closet, sharing the memories behind them. Started that a few years ago. I'm originally from Los Angeles, but now live in Amsterdam. So happy to talk more about very different with materialism, ways of life, the big shift there. Happy to go more into that. And I was very lucky because I quit my job. Also talk more about my job prior to Lucky Sweater and was looking for a co-founder and found Tanya, which I'm very grateful for. So I'll let Tanya go quick. Yeah, this is all like very modern, like new age 
matchmaking. Yeah, we, did, like we, we met, met online. online. We met online. Yeah, sponsored by COVID. <laughs> My name is Tanya Dastiar. I'm leading product. I'm the CTO of Lucky Sweater. But yeah, we're co-founders. So I handle more of design and the technical aspects of the app. And I work with our amazing developer, whose name is Anthony, who's actually also here from, not in the room, but he's here. He's um, on cat duty. So the cats don't scratch on our door <laughs> and, and building and building the app too at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started, my background is technical. I studied computer science for my undergrad and then worked in big tech. I moved to Seattle and worked at Microsoft for a while. And then really, honestly, I learned a lot about sustainability, about the way that I want to live my life, my values. And I feel like in the corporate world didn't really, didn't feel right. So I actually thought I was going to quit tech altogether, did that whole eat, pray, love situation. <laughs> and COVID happened. I was glued to my computer. And then I met Carly and she was telling me about this idea about community-based trading. And I had just gotten into plant swapping actually during COVID. I have had great experience with these behaviors. Yeah, that's basically history. I was like, I have to work on this with her. And so, yeah, we just started off not, I mean, Carly had a prototype and we just worked together to build a real app eventually. And now we have users and yeah, it's just so much fun. It's a dream. That's so cool. Okay. So to clarify, backing up just a little bit, Lucky Sweater is an app and within the app, you have those different communities you were mentioning. Yeah. Very cool. Because we are, our thoughts are like, you know, we're such diverse, multidimensional people. So, you know, you could so, but also love 1950s poodle skirts and also have children you want to trade clothes for. So our goal is really like, instead of going to Amazon or like a big box store to get your things, the first thing you say is, hey, does my community have this? And hopefully you're in a community who does because they share your passions and interests and you go to them. You go to them first and you support each other. Community can be defined by your physical community, which I think like Buy Nothing has done a really great job with in-person communities. But I think what we realized that was missing is like, hey, if I'm really into this like very niche thing, like someone else in Germantown, Maryland will not like there's likely not a chance that someone's going to be super passionate about that. And like, I kind of want to find someone that I can talk about these nitty gritty mm -hmm. things with. And like, that's a core part of each person yeah. is like all of these interests. So using technology to connect you to Bring people, people all around the world. And we have such like have heard great stories. And like, I mean, obviously, we're connected around the world. Yeah. But. So it's a buy nothing like trade platform. Exactly. So we have the three groups and essentially you list items that fit the group, I guess, specifications. So slow fashion items, we have an approved brands list, all of those brands, Carly looks through, our team looks through to make sure the garment workers are being paid ethically, all of the, you know, manufacturing information is all listed and accurate. There's no holes in it. And just everything is super transparent. And then, yeah, you list the item, you specify whether you're open to have, you know, get anything in return or you want something specific. You can also gift too, which is becoming a big behavior on our platform, right. which is awesome. But no selling. No buying or selling. Yeah. yeah. And everyone who was on our platform last year is like, are you doing the gift exchange again? Are you doing the gift exchange again? So for we're also Friday. trying to do more ways where like, especially for like handmade things and supplies, just actually like, I trust this platform. I love this community. I might not even want anything in return and just giving is becoming a core piece of the platform too. Awesome. Yeah. This is incredible. And when you said just, you know, you, you'd love to get in the nitty gritty of all this with people like, we're your people. We want to get in the nitty gritty of this. This is just so much fun. I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, just, whoa. I think I downloaded this one time. I remember I opened it. Okay. Like it's all coming back to me. Like I downloaded it because someone that I follow, I love, I love Rudy Jude and all of her stuff. And I love the like Rudy Jude, like, 
community. And so I follow a few people who are like, follow me on Lucky Sweater. I was like, what's that? So I downloaded it. And then I remember seeing like next drop in a few days. And I was like, okay, I'll come back. And then like, so there's some feedback for you, but I'm obviously going back to it. No, yeah, that's another thing. Like we have this thing called the swap drop. So it's like, how do you build tech mindfully? And we're learning every day how to do that, of course. And take feedback and you know it's tough out there because you want people to use your app you want it to be engaging but you don't want people glued to their phone so two ways we're doing that is we have this thing called the swap drop so you add items throughout the week but no one can see them because we don't want people to be like FOMO oh my god I'm gonna miss this dress all the items go live every Tuesday when people come together it's kind of like a virtual time to come together a virtual Mm -hmm. clothing swap but then we also heard feedback from teachers and people who you know can't just check their phone on Tuesdays so the items are still live throughout the week in case you do miss the day but it's a way to be more mindful and then now that we have thousands of of members which is amazing we feel so thankful people are actually discovering oh a woman in my city also loves these brands. Oh, a person in my, down my street. And it's really cool. So we're actually doing now in-person events and swaps. And what's really cool for us, because I'm in Amsterdam and wish I could go everywhere, our members are hosting them. Very cool. So there's one this weekend in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Katie, a member is hosting. We help like subsidize. We help promote. We, you know, we're there to support. But there we've had Vancouver this summer, Seattle, D.C., we're going to do an event Chicago. in Amsterdam this week, mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah. And then we also sponsor a bunch of swaps. We sponsored Philly FatCon, which had one of the largest plus size swaps. So we really want people to be on their phone when they can, but of course have that in-person experience too. But it's a double-edged, that's the thing. We're trying to be mindful, <laughs> but also build a yeah, business. Yeah. So, but that's like our core. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how do you do that? It's like we're in capitalism, yeah, but we don't like it. But we also want to pay, we quit our jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're also trying to balance that too, right? Totally. Well, and I think for us too, it's like, we want to be mindful about whatever we decide to do. I think like, it's really easy, especially in tech now, it's like notifications and this, like, yeah, we don't do a lot of notifications. I think everything, like each additional feature that we build is super mindful. And like, we want to make sure that it actually like makes things better and more useful. So like, will we buy and sell? Like, I don't know. Like maybe people people are trying to on the platform. So we're, we're trying to see how can we do that mindfully? Maybe there's a garage sale once a month, a month. So it's like, build it in but and people want to engage with brands but we don't want to be an ad filled platform so it's like how do you find the balance balance and where it is mindful and enjoyable for the end member so we're still figuring it out i have a question where does the shipping come in do people ship their own stuff out and they bear their the the cost of that or how is money exchanged in in that way yeah so people do cover shipping so we you can use usps ups fedex through the app and right now people just pay for shipping in the app and then we have a fee it's called well, depends how we do this. We're looking at, you know, what can launching possibly a fee per trade, which we think is pretty fair, you know, just a small fee every time you do a trade. But right now it's just paying for shipping through the app and we help you get labels and we do all that for you. But yeah, each person you're responsible to for sending out the item and then you share that tracking number. But I mean, that's part of like the magic too, is like, then you get a package with this new item and like, you know, some people put little goodies in it, but yeah, yeah, it's been work. I mean, it works out really well. And I think it's interesting because some trust is definitely needed when you're sending an expensive item out to someone. But yeah, I mean, I think that's why it's so magical. It just works. In the little bit that I'm sort of, I've kind of dabbled. I'm trying to think if I've actually bought from, I guess I have bought a couple of things off like Poshmark, but I do follow some like buy, sell, trade. I was like Rudy Jude and Doen is another brand that I love. And I'm trying to think who else, but 
it's crazy, especially in the in Facebook land. Because I mean, I see people. I think the people I'm following are like real, but there's so much about fake. And people are like warning about like fakes and people buying up. Like I think you know when they do those sample sales in LA, people buy up all that stuff, and then like it just seems like such a slippery slope. Like the second resell market that it's kind of antithetical to this like this world of slow fashion and it's like really sad and I feel like what and I totally get what you're doing like it makes obviously buying and selling on the platform would be helpful at one point but not having that is kind of creates space to build that trust and to have like an alternative way of like just sharing these clothes which is really cool yeah yeah want the clothes it's not like I'm trying to get a good deal and we we have community guidelines. So my, my background's trust and safety. So I'm a safety nerd. So like I usually startups build community guidelines like once an issue occurs. I'm like, before we launch, we need to have our values and our community guidelines. Yeah. And I'm like such a nerd about it. But one thing we say is no upselling. Mm. So we can't really prevent someone from getting a trade and then going on Poshmark. But we say like, hey, if we see that and our members are amazing, we, we had this one actual happen if they see that a person continues to like get an item and then really upsell it on Poshmark or another resale platform you know that's not part of our values so we're trying to figure out ways to not be like but like the members really help us make sure that behavior is not part of the app and people aren't coming to our app to at at the end of the day do that which is hard but we try to yeah yeah I don't know it just I think also something we knew we needed to build from the beginning was like the cultural aspect yeah. of like these rules that are not written anywhere where it's like, oh, is this okay? Like, yeah. which the slow fashion group always, yeah, I don't know. They always had built in. But in, I think because we've also, we want to be mindful. We don't want people to just come to our, our app to find new things. So we have a full community discussion section where people can learn together. People post their outfit photos. We like no filters, no, like, it's just like, you know, what you're wearing with no makeup on. And it's just a great way to connect. So when you're trading, you feel, you know, these people, these Mm -hmm. are your community. So you see their faces, you know, their names, you know, where they're from. We have like really cute about me sections, you know, their measurements. It it really helps. So that behavior doesn't. And you can see what they've traded. Like that's the fun part too, is like, if you pass on an item, the item lives on and you can like follow who ends up having it. So you can just look to be like, okay, does this person like, I don't know. There's always times where you're just like, what's going on here. But in the app, at least we try to find ways to really bring out. They're a human. Bring out the person. Yeah. When you're using the tech. It reminds me of, you know, we like to do local swaps around here in our community and we, you know, we do it amongst friends and we trade clothes of course. And so then you're out and about and you see your friend wearing your jeans or your sweater or something. And it's, it's funny. It just, it makes this wonderful connection. And I have Anna's jeans and every time I put them on, I think of Anna (laughs) and it's just so great. And y'all have taken it virtual. So this is great. In the beginning of the app, I mean, when we were trying to figure out what we, you know, how we wanted to build it, I mean, we still use it a bunch, but we added a bunch of items from our own closets to trade. And we had to be the first closets. We're yeah. like, we just we put our whole closet. We put just, all of our stuff on yeah. there. But yeah, there was one of like the original like batches when we first started trading where I put a shirt up. And like just recently, I saw someone post a look with the shirt and I looked at it and I was like, is that on my bed? <gasps> and then I opened it's it. It's been up on the app for over two years. Yeah. And, and how many people looking have- back, I think like it's passed been passed on to like six different wow. people. And it's like a beautiful top, like handmade. See the label. label. Yeah. yeah. 
pain painted. Uh, and I don't know, it's it's exactly like Mary, that moment where you're just like, wait, this world is so <laughs> that's small. Really that's cool. so yeah. cool. And then we will post on Instagram too, and I do our social media. And people, I'll post like, oh, someone's, oh, I had those overalls like last year. It's yeah. so cool. Like, and this is what's going to be my answer for good dirt, but it's just like, <laughs> Clothes, not because they're new should be valued, but because of the memories and the stories and that juiciness that they the carry. History. The history. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving this so much. I'm literally like eating it up. We often say on here when we're talking about fashion and slow fashion, there's, there's already enough clothing on the planet. You know, we didn't know if we stop, if somehow miraculously today there was no more clothing manufactured, everybody on the planet would be really fine for a good while. We don't, we don't know how long. I don't know if anybody's up with that few years yeah so this added this added layer of it which is so community oriented and so connecting and in connecting with people that aren't even in the same place it's just brilliant you girls are really something else I'm I'm so impressed that's so sweet this is the impact we want to be making right it's like we want to change people the way people look at clothing yeah and everything is digital now I don't know like the only way to get people to connect and that's our skill yeah she's technical and I did community and safety and so and trust and if you bring those things together hopefully we can use our skills to help right to make like a new yeah a new way of interacting with your things yeah Yeah. here's another thing I want to say about it on paper, it kind of makes no sense. Like, oh, you mean I'm supposed to give an item of mine to someone and I pay for the postage? And maybe we've agreed that I'm going to get something back, but I have no idea if that's ever coming or not. And it's just also like, who would do that? Well, apparently a lot of people are doing it. And it's speaking to a willingness in people out there to go outside the box, to go outside the system and do it differently. And almost everybody we talk to on this podcast, and certainly we are, we're trying to do things differently. We're trying to encourage people to do things differently because the way things have been done up to this point, at least in the last several decades, pertaining to clothes particularly, is not working. It's mm-hmm. and it's it's harming us so much. And and I love the fact that enough people are waking up to that, that they're willing to kind of go outside what makes sense on paper. So this is beautiful. And some people you say are into gift giving and I guess the, the gift givers are paying to have those gifts shipped. Is that correct? Yeah. So we still need to build the full feature in, but yeah, the idea is that the the person getting the gift will pay for shipping if it's one sided. So that's how it works. And then we did a lot of research too before we launched about trust. And what we learned in Shareable is a great resource that we we love. I think shareable.net, but they do a lot around like how sharing physical things can actually build trust and happiness. So we see like once someone has done this once, they're like, wow, someone shipped it to me. And it's like this amazing trust that you feel between the other person and each other because you started to build that trust and actually shipping the physical thing but I think what we're trying to figure out is like once we you get there and you experience the trade it's like whoa you're in but it's like how do we show that to more people Mm -hmm. because it is changing the behavior so it's like maybe do we do more in-person swaps do we make adding an item easier you know how do we make more groups different groups smaller groups bigger groups yeah we're just your friends maybe we know this behavior change is is hard so that's something we're trying to work on I will say though that the really fun part like the practical part it's like yeah it's weird to like send someone you're like who is this person please I hope this works out (laughs) but like the biggest thing we've heard is people are just so surprised by what they like like the things that they actually trade for it they don't normally trade for things that they would purchase they're taking more risks with trading you can just relist it that's been a really great outcome too there's no risk 
So we're seeing that people are like, you know, they're finding brands that they never even had heard of or styles that they never heard of colors, all of it, like things trying that you tie, Erica tried tie dye pants for the right. first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, whoa, it's fine. That's a really good point. So you are like, okay, you're going to send it. I'm going to send it. We're always here. Tanya and I will like answer all your, if something happens, we do help people out. But it's also the fact that if you don't like the item, you can easily bring it back to the community and someone will trade for it. And that, yeah. it's like, it's a better thing. Cause like it was passed on to more people. It's like a positive versus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about if you feel like you don't have anything to trade with? That's one of our problems. So I think gifting is a great starting point. I think there's so many just really great people who just have things that they're like, you know what? Like, I don't need anything back for this. So that's usually our first piece of advice when someone joins the platform is to like check out the gifting section. We are starting to work with these brands people are are obsessed with. We're going to start something with prior clogs next year, like a fun clog 101. How do you take care of your clogs? So like in our discussion section, you can actually learn about all these amazing small batch brands that we do want to support. So maybe like you first buy an item or find it secondhand somewhere else. And that's totally okay. And then you, that can be your entry point into our trade world too. But gifting is a big, is a big way people can start. But that is why trading is so magical that we're like, how dare we even bring selling into it? Like it's, you don't even need money. It's great. But like one of the key reasons why we want to bring in selling is because it helps you get in. Like how else are you supposed yeah. to start off so, with these items? So that's something that we're constantly thinking about. But I love the idea of partnering with the brands directly to like sample sales or like something like that. That's mm-hmm. like kind of exclusive because then they, they can keep their stuff sort of in this trust place and then you can offer this like really exclusive access yeah because these brands totally. like i was showing isabel from briar last or this week and i was like these clogs have been worn by four different people in our community and they this is amazing you know they want to see their items get loved multiple times well what better compliment right being a maker and a small business yeah. owner to see like then to see people loving your items and like evangelize it like look at this it's amazing like that's such a cool thing and yeah i think emma to your point like that's how we can keep the love. But they should be a part of it. Yeah. And not have like the whole secondhand resell kind of, there's like a curse to the secondhand resell world, right? Where people are just you know, making a bunch of, yeah, I think there's hard. some ickiness. Wow. I like did not know I needed to have this conversation. <laughs> like it's like a very specific like thing that I've like bugging me. Here we are. No, I mean, I seriously have like Poshmark really breaks my heart because it's you know it helps in so many ways but also there's so many people yeah. using it. but I guess such is life yeah I've had some good luck on there and then other times I'm like this is weird I don't know and people are like reusing the picture like take a new picture at least I don't know I would love Isabel to know that I have a iMessage text thread and an Instagram DM thread both renamed clogs <laughs> like friends that are obsessed <laughs> with their clogs we just like talk about clogs yeah she's amazing yeah and having and meeting these people who created these brands and are doing something different is so cool too and having our members also get to know them I mean, yeah. we all want to help each other at the end of the day right so funny story about that i just remembered when i said that the one on instagram is called clog lovers and <laughs> one time my phone was like locked and like the thing popped up my husband was holding my phone and he was like clog lovers just texted you <laughs> i was like oh um yeah that's so funny <laughs> well honestly that's also what we want like it would be so cool too like we're we want to even get even nicher so like you could join a community that's only about clogs yeah you talk about clogs 24 7 you post photos of clogs isabel's in there oh my god you, like, <laughs> it's like briar clog day yes. one swap drop it's like 
for me, I'm, I know this is bad, but I do love Crocs. I know they're made from plastic and I'm trying to be better, but <laughs> I want a community because I don't want to buy new Crocs and I want to see all the weird gibbets people have. Yes. That's so funny. Here are some things we love about pine tree garden seeds. For one thing, they're lady farmers. It's a woman-owned and woman-run company. 85% of their staff is female. And they've recently switched to a more sustainable envelope to ship seeds. Their new mailers are completely recyclable, made of paper and a cushioning material that is specifically designed to easily separate from the paper fibers during the repulping and recycling process. They're also longtime members and supporters of the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association and signers of the Safe Seed Pledge, promising to never knowingly sell any GMO seeds. They do germination testing throughout the year on every single seed variety they carry, so they can stand behind their viability guarantee. Pine Tree Garden Seeds is meant for every level of expertise, for the yard artists, the backyard growers, the herb explorers, the bouquet builders, the habitat curators, and beyond. They're committed to helping you get the most out of your home garden by providing high-quality garden seeds, plants, and supplies at an affordable price. Get your spring garden going today by ordering your seeds from superseeds.com and using our promo code GOODDIRT2024 for 20% off your entire order. That's S-U-P-E-R-S-E-E-D-S.com with our code GOODDIRT2024. So I want to know, going back for both of you, you both have really interesting careers leading up to this, and I want to hear your individual stories or a little bit of them at least. And what were some moments along the way, some revelations, some ahas that kind of got you here? I can start from like growing up. Yeah. I was really into fast fashion. I'm from, I'm also happy to talk to people always ask me, how do you move from the US to Europe? And I'm also, I grew up really kind of, I don't know if addicted is the right word, but like really into fast fashion trends. LA could be a bubble or could be the most diverse city in the world. But I went from a public school to a very different type of private school and things and materialism was like just ingrained in me and just trying to keep up. So I got really into that growing up. And then my dad, I remember I go, dad, I want to go to Rodeo Drive. (laughs) I'm literally 12 years old. And he's like, no, no. I'm from like the San Fernando Valley. He's like, we're not going to go to, we're not going to Beverly Hills to shop. And he's like, what about my dad's from Los Angeles originally too. What about Melrose Avenue? And I was like, what is that? Ew. And I go and I was like, this is the most magical place. It's all thrift stores. It was used clothing, wasteland in particular, still there. And I was like, wow. And I just felt so much more me. I was connecting with people who just like love these old things. I was, I started also sewing class that same year. And I was like, the cycle we have to keep up with, they can be beautiful. They can represent us. They can be creative. They can be from someone's grandma. They, it just, I, that really was an aha moment for me that I'm so happy I got when I was Mm. in middle school. Then I think I got to break that cycle pretty early on. So I think that was a big aha moment for me. I also worked in advertising after university. So I sold things, particularly diapers, toilet cleaner, cars and (laughs) vodka and whiskey. So, you know, and the whole necessities, necessities. toilet cleaner and whiskey. (laughs) So I was really learning, like, why do people buy Huggies over Pampers? Why do people drink Jim Beam over Jack Daniels? Two products I don't use. (laughs) And I was like, wow, people are really identifying with brands 
how they're connecting with others. Again, things can be this beautiful thing that represent who we are, but it can go too far. So that was another aha moment for me around like how we represent ourselves, how brands are becoming these huge things for better and for worse. So I think that was another aha. About my background, I went from advertising, I worked at Uber for over six years, ended up on the safety team, loved it, and really learned also the importance of safety and trust, especially making sure the most vulnerable communities on technology feel safe, because we're not safe until everyone feels safe. So that was another aha moment for me when it came to building the importance of safety in community and trust with technology. So that was really amazing part before I went on to build lucky sweater mm-hmm. so those are three aha moments yeah and like do I have one we'll see I'm so grateful for all of the little bumps and you know dips in my career I am grateful that I worked at Microsoft I realized when I was working there I mean I worked on a lot of different products with a lot of great people but at the end of the day I mean everything has to make money so I was young and excited and wanted to change the world and I was placed whatever there was a big reorg whatever it doesn't matter but placed on like boosting search which is like super profitable for the company and so for like a year I was just like tweaking different metrics and All I wanted to do was just make an emotional impact for people. I think that's what I really learned. The things I was most drawn towards are like, oh, like moving on to a different team later in my career. Like, you know, I want people's experiences when they open the browser to be like exciting and not distracting and like, you know, inspirational. And I tried. You didn't want to just sell them something. Yeah, I didn't want to just sell them something. But I mean, that's business. You have to kind of do both. So I think I was pretty jaded and it didn't feel possible. That was also like the big Mm. rise of like Instagram. I traveled a lot all over the world, rich, poor people, everyone's scrolling. And I'm just, oh yeah, I couldn't handle it. I like really couldn't take it. So that's, that was why I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like technology went gone too far. I went on vacation for a week. We also trying to do more vacation as a startup. I'm sure you know, business owners and she had to handle social media and she was like, I can't do this. It's like, it's, it's. You've been off of it for so long. Every fiber of my being and how I got to this place is just trying to change that from being the normal for people. And so, yeah, when I met you, I was just like, wait, I can actually use this like anger and like spite to create something that's not scrolling on Instagram, that's connecting people in ways that are genuine. So yeah, lost some faith and then realized that I can do something about it. I love that so much. I, this conversation happens over and over again here on the podcast and also like in our community talking a lot about, you know, how bad technology and social media is and then also at the same time like everything in the universe like there's an equal and opposite like impact and how also good it can be and so we actually just had a book club last night with Asia Suler author of Mirrors in the Earth amazing book you guys should read it we also have an interview with her and she said something that like is really gonna stick with me We we were having this similar conversation and she was like I like to think that after everything, like even though we can see how bad it is, also though the inherent like good in it and like that the good outweighs the bad. Like she's like, I just like choose to think that. Obviously we're on it too much. And she literally wrote this book about like connecting to nature. So like if she's saying that, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, you're up. Like, so also related, I have a light phone. I like got off my smartphone and I got the little light. Wait, Do you know about this? You need that. I want to ask. I have so many yeah. We can talk about this. It has GPS. It acts as a hotspot. So like if I like need to activate my smartphone, I can. That's incredible. Like emergency. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I haven't really like the maps work great. You could do podcasts and music on it. 
I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. But I do obviously like you, I have an online business and I do need to like post things on Instagram sometimes. So I do, but I use my phone. It's like a work device. It's like a little computer and that's like fine for what it is. But I, I wanted to be able to like pull apart my safety and my, the things that I like need out of a cell phone, pull that apart from work. And so this is literally only like week three. It's new, but. <laughs> oh, wow. That's it, though. I think it's when you're in control of how you use it. It's OK. It's great. But the way I mean, each app on your phone, they have a bottom line and they're trying to make money and they want you on the app more. That's everyone's agenda. And you're not in control when that happens. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's such a great way of, of building. I mean, yeah, keeping the usefulness of these tools. Like, I'm a big fan of digital minimal, minimalism by Cal Newport. You read that one as well. Mm -hmm. Of just like finding the value in all each of the tools that you're using and, you know, trying to maximize the good versus the, yeah, the negative. But yeah, it's difficult. You have yeah. to fight. Speaking to fight. of, how do you make money? So, and we'll, this will come out soon, but you know, we do want to have a trade fee, you know, that's something that will keep our business going, but our ultimate goal, and we've, we've already launched this is really a membership. We don't want you to trade a million items a month to keep us running. We want you to have mindful consumption. So our idea is like you pay a small fee every month to support us. And if you pay that fee, you get extra benefits like unlimited groups. You can see items from people you follow and items. We have this thing called your in search of list. So that dream items, you can see those a couple hours before the full swap drop launches. We're probably going to do some like events just for these members. Really this monthly, more sustainable growth is what we really want. And then if you join this community, you don't have to pay any fees per item. Like you just unlock unlock it all. So right now there's an option to not, you don't even have to pay to, to trade. I mean, we started, I think we started our company at a really special time where pre-seed companies were able to invest in the actual product. For, like you can focus on building a great experience first and you don't have to charge balance right that with monetizing right away. <laughs> so yeah, we took advantage of that time. We're no longer in that time anymore. We need to make money, but at least now we know what's working for our users so we can align it with what they the actually value. care about. Instead of battling, like, you know, like I was saying with other apps, I don't know, we're still working on it and we need to build a sustainable business and we're trying to figure out how. Yeah. And we things. take a lot of feedback in from our, our members, our users. So they, we, we listen to them. What do they want? What do they want to see? And then where do brands play a role? So not just filling your feed with ads, but maybe there's, like you said, an exclusive sample sale, or we talked with one designer, they all have, always have extra items. So how could they bring that to the platform and keep it in circulation? So we're also seeing how brands could also help us too. So exciting. I wanted to circle back to something you were saying, Tanya, and your description of how you were traveling all over the world and seeing the, the effects of technology and sort of internalizing, you know, the negative aspects of it and having all these feelings. That really resonates with me because here I am, I'm in my 60s. I can look back and like how much has changed over my lifetime, mm -hmm. which is a flash in a pan, you know, to going way back when things really started escalating. I'd say, I don't know, industrial revolution, maybe before that. I don't know. It's a real thing to, I don't want to use the word fight those feelings because that, you know, then that sets up like all kinds of tension in the body and everything, but to recognize that and be able to transform it as we, we all are doing in our businesses or trying to do it, transform it into an accessible message, giving people things to think about, just helping people think about things in a different way. Like we were talking about a little bit ago, you know, you want to, you don't want to play 
ain't it awful, if you know what I mean. Like, oh, look how terrible things are. And, you know, we're all just going to, you know, whatever. But to walk with people through these experiences of just trying on different ways of doing things Mm -hmm. and just see what it feels like and see how it works. For me, that's a healthy way for me to transform these feelings of, you know, negativity and fear. And, you know, I I really don't want to get in the place of judging other people's decisions because people just, they do the best they can. And lots of times the decisions people make about things they consume or the way they live It's just because they don't know the facts. They don't know the impact of what they're doing. They don't have the information to do it differently. But, you know, I live on a little farm. I I admit, I kind of live in my own little bubble. I, you know, sort of surrounded by nature and I can go days at a time without going anywhere. And then I do get out there and I have to admit, like I I see people walking around so mindlessly with the the big single use coffee Mm -hmm. things and tossing things away. And then you go somewhere on an airplane and you see the antic wastefulness and just, you know, traveling. So all that is just to say, you know, when we talk to people on here a lot that are trying to do things a different way and show people, shine a light on different ideas. It's just so exciting and so thrilling and healing for me at a person of my age that could look around grumpy old feel boomer yeah <laughs> really helps me not to be that grumpy old lady it really does so thank you all very much well, I mean it's really just steps at a time right it's iter- I mean the same way that we're building our it's, product which yeah. is iterating and trying things and trying to move forward it's like that's the way to move everything forward and how to try yeah how to stay positive and you know being empowered to move forward yeah. versus like yeah fighting like you were saying like pushing back and true. And just under the way we're operating on a large scale now, more and more people are realizing what's not working and that we need to make changes. It doesn't do any good to approach it as like, these people are doing things wrong. They're making bad decisions. That doesn't work. We try to flip it and frame it in a way that encourages people to take those small steps. And we are changing the paradigm. And and we're we're small, you're small, but small steps become big strides. And Asia Suler, the author that we talked to last night in our book club that wrote Mirrors in the Earth, she has a whole section on the power of being small. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's just really, really inspiring. Anyway, that's just all to say that our distress over the things we see is actually fuel and inspiration for us to make it an accessible message and inspiration for people to move forward and get us going in a better direction. Definitely. Yeah. I also think like the noticing how things are making us feel or like sitting more, that's a huge step. That's like my therapist's work for me this whole year. Like just sit in it. Don't do anything. Just how is it making you feel? And that's been a big thing for me. Like what is buying this shirt, going to the mall every single week? Like how is it actually making me feel as a kid? Like if I just sat in it, I would have realized faster, like this makes me feel awful. And that's even that notice is so noticing. And I think I'm people stressed. are finally Go look something yeah. up. Like, yeah. I'm tired. Let me look something up. Yeah. You know? And what are, what are we hiding? What are those? Why am I scrolling on? I have a TikTok thing right now that I'm dealing with and I'm trying to be kind to myself. It's just the noticing. It's not the judging. And I think that is such a great first step. I was going to say, you guys, I, I heard you speak about the artist way. We're both doing right it. Right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm on like, I think a little ahead. My my mom's also doing it. I think she's on like week <laughs> yeah. eight or something. I, I'm on like week Yeah, eight. I might be on week I'm eight. I'm on week eight. Yeah. Oh my God. Just journaling and noticing before you go on your phone, before it's like, that has helped. Honestly, the artist way is why I finally got this because I was tired of writing oh, really? over and over again how much I like hated being... I mean, maybe I'm just being defensive and in denial. I don't actually 
think I'm addicted to the smartphone, but I am like super reliant on, I like, I don't like being so reliant on it. I think that's the real word. Like I don't like feeling like it has more power than me, which maybe that is addiction. Mm -hmm. I was tired of writing about it. I was like, I'm just going to get a phone. And like, in one sense, I was fighting it for so long because I was like, well, I can just have more power than it. And I can just like not use it as much or whatever. But then I did a lot of reading about how like, I mean, you guys know you both worked in tech, like they're literally programmed to tap into our biology. And so the energy of like fighting that biological impulse is like so exhausting. So why not just like opt out? You can't. Yeah. It's made for you. Yes. Basically, right? Like that's how they're. You have to put those things. Yeah. Yeah. One thing we did in our first, like you do these things called like product market fit surveys in tech. What's basic? What's your favorite part of the app? How can we improve it? If it was gone tomorrow, would you be disappointed? Very disappointed. Those are the big questions. But we added the question at the end, like, how do you feel after using this? Like that doesn't make you any money or like, that's not like, that's not the classic thing you're supposed to ask for. Do you feel anxious? Do you feel sad? We use some psychological, something I found that was like by a psychologist. I didn't make it up, but that was really important for us. And even if it's just noticing and allowing the person to be like, wait, even for not just our knowledge, but having the user, the person sit there and be like, do I actually feel good after using this was important. I love that you're tapping into the practice of noticing how something makes you feel. That is so huge. It gets into, it gets into so much because actually, you know, and I've said this before and it's out there, you know, your life is made up of all these, these small moments, like, you know, beads on a necklace or something. And if you can notice how you're feeling in each one of those moments, like learn how to shift it. Your necklace of beads will be beads of all good feeling. And that'll, that eventually can stretch out and be your life. However, you've, don't cultivate that practice of noticing and trying to address what is making you uncomfortable. That's when we start doing all kinds of things like, you know, you know, crazy consumer habits or eating habits or because you're trying to, you're trying to address a feeling and you don't even know the source of it. Don't even know what it is. And lots of times we think we want something. It's really a feeling we're going after. It's not the thing. Mm-hmm. And there's other ways you can get that feeling. This has so much to do with our consumer culture and the marketing out there is made to feel, have us feeling lack, have us feeling off so that we want to buy things to try to correct this. And what you girls are saying about the, you know, the social media, I have, I guess, I guess what I would call like a mantra that goes in my head when I realize I'm scrolling mindlessly. And I say to myself, or the voice comes up, there is nothing here for me right now. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. TikTok is going to have a... Yeah, bye. <laughs> They're going out of business. <laughs> and that's when I'm, I can put it yeah. down. And sometimes you are looking for something specific on there. Or, you know, you need to make a post or you want to look, you want to answer a DM. There's lots of reasons to be on there. But when, you know, you start that mindless thing and then the recognition comes up, there's nothing here for me right now. I, I, I can leave this. And if I don't and I ignore it, and you guys can probably attest to this as well, I start noticing a physical feeling. It's somewhere in the pit of my stomach and it kind of Yeah, but at least you're noticing it. I think everybody is experiencing that and people don't notice that. That's true. That's what I'm saying. Like you can, all you have to do to notice it, all you listeners out there, you say, oh, I I don't notice it. Just 
intend to notice it. Mm -hmm. And you will. You will. It's just intentions. It's just consciousness, just like everything else. It's intentionality. It's all it is. Next time you're on, you know, if this is an issue for you, maybe not. Maybe you're happy with your social media habits and that that's great. But if, if it's niggling you that something's off, next time you're on there, say, I'm going to notice how I feel and I'm going to notice what I'm feeling in my body. In your body, exactly. I will add to just Carly, kind of in defense of you. I also like love TikTok. I think TikTok is so much more creative and interesting and funny than Instagram. I think it's like great. I also have had times where I'm like, I'm on here too much just because it's like so easy to stay on there so long. But I will say from personal experience. So first of all, in defense of you, like I think TikTok is like great. Okay. In defense of you of the week, the like reading deprivation week of Artist Way. We always take that in, in the group that we do. We're always like, that includes social media. So we yes. do that. And I didn't miss TikTok at all, which was interesting because mm -hmm. I love TikTok the most, but I also didn't, I didn't even notice it was, was gone. That was also kind of the beginning of my like, okay, I really need to like get a dumb phone. But now that I feel like I'm kind of regulated with my dumb phone and I really only go on my iPhone for like work, I have gone on TikTok a couple of times, but it feels super, again, like I'm in, I'm like, I'm going to intentionally watch 30 minutes of TikTok, the way I would turn on like Selling Sunset or like a trash TV show that's like... It changes everything. It's intentional. Yeah. It's like, this is my, this is my TikTok time. You're not sneaking yes. it in when you're stressed. When you're anxious. Like, like you can choose a TV show, some yeah. TikTok. Yeah, some I would. TikTok I would go or... on it. I would go on it when I like was avoiding something. That was a noticing moment for me too. Like, why am I doing this? But it's entertaining. And then I wasn't enjoying it when I was doing it that way. But if it was intentional, like, and then you end up watching the whole TikTok instead of being like, "What's next? What's yeah. next?" I'm over it. I think that's the power of having control over. Yeah, it. you're running it. It's not running you. I'm starting to create TikToks now more for myself and for us slowly. And when I create and connect with people who've like seen the content and when I'm being really weird quotation mark, you're being yourself. I had the most fun I've ever had on TikTok when I created this like video of this. I don't know. I'm going to bring up a controversy. This, this influencer YouTuber who I find joy out of her name's Trisha Paytas. But I was like, if she came to Amsterdam, what would the five places be? She would go. It was so weird. And I just had so much fun making it and commenting with people. And I was like, it's like a niche thing yeah it's the same thing like if yeah. people are going to comment on it they're also like wait that was so but I was like, yeah and I was creative know. and I did research and I was like oh this is fun and I was a candle of it yeah, yeah. anyway there is a place for it and speaking of Amsterdam Carly I want you to speak a, a little bit about like you know what took you over there and you mentioned earlier some cultural differences that you would love to speak to in in terms of living there and yeah, I also got called out on my Instagram because I don't speak Dutch, which I know is not a or on my that <laughs> keeping you honest. Yeah, keeping <laughs> me honest. So I met my boyfriend in San Francisco, and he had the opportunity to help the Uber Amia offices here, and he had the opportunity to help oversee one of the teams here, train them for a year. He came out, I visited, but no point was going to move. And then he's like, "I love it here. What do you think?" And I was like, "You know what? I've been at Uber six years." San Francisco was great. When will I ever live in Europe again? This was before COVID was a thing. It was like yeah. December, 2019. I moved March, 2020. Um, so it was like not the greatest timing to like leave family and stuff. Yeah. That's what brought me out here. It was, it was a personal decision, but I truly am so grateful because I think it kind of almost forced me to, I had this idea for lucky sweater. I, I had a sustainable fashion blog that helped me really dive deeper into this world 
So I had this idea and I just wasn't quitting. And I think it kind of forced me to just take the leap in the, the company too. But yeah, fully personal. And people are like, oh my God, you left San Francisco, the hub of it all tech wise, Silicon Valley to build an app. And yes, I think it was harder to find a co-founder. A lot of stuff had to be remote, but then I went to Fountainia, obviously. And also I'm learning about this whole new type of place where people you've seen this they open their curtains it's like a protest like to show people are so open humble there's there's just a lot more in a a lot more quality here community is a big thing I know my neighbors actually just it feels really a privilege to build technology here where it's not the center you know there's such diversity and community here too yeah not to say San Francisco doesn't have diversity, but it's like, Everyone it's, so, has its, pros and cons. it's so tech heavy. It's yeah. nice to kind of be out of that actually in some regards. We build things that are different. Yeah, that's I, true. I feel like too, is because we're like, we're not like I was in Seattle and now I'm in DC, like DC, like there's not really, you know, yeah. it's not a huge startup hub. So I think, I pros think it and helps cons, the app. Yeah. How did you end up in DC, Tanya? I mean, COVID, honestly, I was in Seattle for probably five years or so. And then I did my eat, pray, love stuff. And then my boyfriend was still in Seattle. And then we decided we wanted to travel together and just like start somewhere new and fresh. And then COVID happened. And we did month to month in DC because I just wanted to know what it would be like to live near my family because I hadn't been around them in a while. And then we got stuck there. You guys have both spoken to it a little bit over the course of the interview, but I wonder if you can each tell us what slow living means to you. Yeah, it's just being intentional and connecting with every moment you have. I think Mary brought up a really good point. It's like you can't just choose the good moments. I think Mm. it's just being open to to all of it and going through the ups and downs and being as mindful as possible. Yeah. It's all the thing, like, it's like the food we eat, the way we consume. But I, I think this conversation is going, I was going to say some something somewhere around like being present. And I really have always been more on the anxious side where I'm like, what's going to happen next? What's the future? We have a, our runway for our company. Like, when do we have to raise more money? When, like, I, like, I can get in those spirals. But I think for me personally, it's really being in the present. How am I feeling? What's making me feel good? And a lot of that time, it's like sitting with my cats. And it's just like the quote unquote slow living things we kind of think about. Like those choosing to be present with whatever that is. Yeah. And and that's made me realize like things that you're doing to slow down, being with my cats, not eating while I'm watching reality TV shows and like enjoying. Yeah. I do. I still will watch reality TV shows, but I'm present with (laughs) them. And I am really got to be there. Every fight. broke into whose house and who's going to jail I need to be present for that before I'd be on in the background but now I am I'm watching it I know all their names I know who is on Ozempic yeah yeah that's great I will say, I've just been like poking around your app while we've been talking and when you go to a product there's like a little snail at the top oh yeah that so, so the snail is for slow fashion. The yarn is for me made. And then the little dress is vintage. So we're I just, love yeah. the snail. I just oh, wanted to tell awesome. you that too. Like slow. I know, oh, right? It's so, so cute. cute. So ladies, we'd love to hear each of you speak to what does the good dirt mean to you? Yes. So we were, I was like, what, how can we answer this as a clothing company? But I think for, for us, it's really what we both have learned through our lives. Me, when I was discovering thrift is like, the clothes that mean so much to me and that I love wearing every day are the ones that have that good dirt. When I actually moved to the Netherlands, I didn't know this until I started noticing. And maybe subconsciously, I was wearing my best friend who I've known since I was one years old. 
only her clothes. I always go in her closet and she always gives me clothes, but I was like always just wearing her clothes. And I was like, because they meant so much to me, I was missing her. And like, it was that good dirt that I needed. And it's the stories behind our clothes. It's the memories. That's what make them so beautiful. And yes, they're not brand new and shiny and clean, but just those memories and the shared memories make them so awesome. Like you said, and Anne's pants or <laughs> yeah. your shirt. Yeah. That is good dirt. Yeah. That is good dirt. Oh, Smelling each other. Yeah. Smelling our smells on yeah, each other. I, I, have to tell, <laughs> I have to throw in here that, you know, we're going through, you know, our parents' things. My mom has this knit sweater that a friend made for her when she was 12 years old. My mom is 96. And this sweater is still in great shape. Wow. Somebody hand knitted it and it's got a few holes and stuff in it. So that's like, oh, wow. Talk about, you know, good dirt and stories. Yeah. And this is my, you know, she was a teenager in the 40s. And it's just, oh. It's, and how much more special is that than a knit sweater you got online? Completely no comparison. Tanya, what about you? How, how do you define the good dirt? Well, I think it really hit me. I don't know. I think, Mary, when you were talking about like the string of beads of life, and I think with hearing both of our stories and like, like you can't, and honestly, our whole conversation, it's like all of the, the things that we could say are negative are actually bringing us to a new place. And so in those, experience in those yeah. experiences, and so it's like the things that we might see as like, you know, setbacks or like, yeah, like hindering something actually are the things that are going to bring us closer to what's next. Yes. I don't know Whenever I also just think of worms. <laughs> yeah. In my mom's oh, garden, worms. it's just really like worms are the, be- the best going to save us all. Like, like, you know, just like taking a shovel of dirt and seeing like 50 worms just happily yes. squirming. Making that soil. They're so the best. Fun. Yeah. Worms are so under acknowledged. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> incredible. If I see it anywhere, I will. I will take it to. They're making some good soft, dirt, literally soft land. Yeah. yeah. If you see a worm on the sidewalk, do you pick it up and put it somewhere you'll be safe? Oh, I do. Maybe it's. Just yeah, we need in our neck of the woods. Yeah. We should have a worm. community of worm savers. <laughs> worm, you know, we need a worm community <laughs> on your app. Is there? There's a gardening interest group. Yeah, I love that. But there's oh, yeah. crossover with like, you know, animals and yeah, like, composting know. and I love it. That's cool. Maybe yeah, maybe it could be like the more like just the green, like whether it's composting or planting things or like recipes from like stuff from the farmers market. I don't know, stuff like that. What would you most like the audience to understand about the work that you're doing at Lucky Sweater? Just, I, I mean, just like bottom lines, like, oh, it's more sustainable. Just having sharing and having fun with friends is just so much more fun. Sorry, it's going to rhyme than keeping up with trends. It's just like that constant high you're chasing. You get a high for a second and it goes down. But like this joy, this connecting, sharing our things, re-loving our things. It's just so much more fun, too. And I think it's fun. It's joy. I, I mean, that's what keeps me excited and just... I don't know. We want people to have fun. We're going to make mistakes. We just want people to have fun and enjoy. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, truly like, yeah, we're trying to build something that will help all of us. Like, I think we have a shared need. Yeah. We're, we have similar, similar things that we're looking for in this modern day and age. And I think like, we truly want to build something that works for all types of people and helps people connect with others that care about the same things and so you know like come on in the app like let us know what works let us know what you want that's how a lot of the things that we build I mean it it comes from people saying like hey I want a vintage you know yeah I want to swap with like people in my neighborhood like okay we'll build that right so yeah we're just we're just trying to build something different and yeah and also I think another thing from like a tech woman I don't know, anyone empowerment type of role. Like I quit my job and that was a privilege that I was had some savings, but like 
I didn't know how to code. I'm very, I'm like a proponent of this. Like I didn't know anything about coding. Even if you're not technology savvy, if you have an idea, just go for it. Mm -hmm. Make mistakes. You'll find a community. Just try it. If I didn't just try something, I wouldn't have gotten here. Take that small step, notice, and you'll figure it out. I'll be here. Email me. I'll I'll try to help you. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so excited to jump back in the app. I'm really sorry that I truly, seriously, even you no, just saying we need to like, that's yeah. all helpful. Cause it's like, Oh, I got in and I'm like, I'm not going to give you access to my notifications. And I forgot about Tuesday. Like, that's great. I, that's so helpful. Truly. I mean, use it. Let us know how it goes. I want to do more with you girls. It's just so inspiring and so innovative and so wise. Oh, and it's been just such fun and an honor to talk to you. And thank you so much for your time today and being with us. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll be talking again. We will be talking again. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you for having us, truly. Bye. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for tuning in, calling in, and spreading the good dirt. We love hearing from you. You can reach our listener voicemail at 443-459-1950. That's 443-459-1950. You can find this number in our show notes and in our Instagram profile. This show is produced by Lady Farmer, a slow living lifestyle community. And the original music is composed and performed by John Kingsley. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at WeAreLadyFarmer. That's WeAreLadyFarmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt. Goodbye.